You're listening to the Final Siren Podcast, thanks to Rookie Me Central. My name's Peter Williams. I'm your host once again, and of course, I'm back here with AFL drafted up Michael Alvaro. Michael, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Pete. Um, it's good that we managed to get this one up and running after almost everything that could have gone wrong did. So, um, yeah, happy to be here, and hopefully we can put on a good show. Yeah, absolutely. It's been uh, quite a tough lead up, I guess, in many ways, uh, trying to get technology to work and whatnot, but we ha- we're here uh, and hopefully it'll go well. Um, we've got the Under-18 Championships decider. Obviously, we saw Vic Metro get up over Vic Country. We're going to discuss that. We're going to talk about the Lark medalist. We're going to talk about all the MVPs across the series uh, and I guess overall thoughts on that, as well as uh, the Under-17 Futures, which played on AFL Grand Final Day. So, Michael, let's get stuck straight into it. All right, let's get started with the Under-18 National Championships Grand Final. Uh, we might not have thought it was going to be the Grand Final at the start of the, I guess, Carnival, but it was. Both teams went in undefeated, and in the end, it was uh, Vic Metro, 12-8-80, getting up over Vic Country, 10-13-73. Uh, I guess Thursday afternoon at Marvel Stadium, it was public holiday. What did you think mm-hmm. of the game? It was great. Um, I think we said in the preview the week before that, um, you know, the AFL couldn't have written the script any better and, and it turned out perfectly with that standalone clash between the two Vic sides. And um, it was just a, a massive sort of couple of weeks. We had the NAB League Grand Final, finals going on um, sort of around the country and then obviously um, AFL Grand Final um, weekend. So, um, yeah, it was great. The game was good to a, a bit of a thriller. So, um, yeah, plenty to talk about in terms of prospects as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was uh, almost the best of the best. Obviously, we had a couple of mi- a couple missing there. George Wardlaw was out for uh, Metro, and of course, Braden George out with that ACL for Country. But otherwise, it seemed like a pretty full strength side from, like, from both sides. Yeah, and a few additions as well. So um, you know, both sides brought in a couple of players at least each. We saw Harvey Gallagher come in, Bailey Humphrey for Vic Country as well. Um, yeah, and then a few prospects that probably didn't have the amount of exposure they they could have during the season. So the likes of Bailey McDonald and um, and even Rye Penny for Metro, Cooper Harvey, um, and then Elijah Sardis, the the superstar, um, obviously had his debut in the Big V, so um, or at least in the 18s. Um, so yeah, it was, it was good to watch. Yeah, and it was a bit of an interesting contest because. Both teams sort of struggled to score early in the first sort of three quarters. It was later in each of the quarters that uh, it sort of, I guess, kicked into another gear. But then we came into the last quarter and it sort of, uh, I guess, came to life, like more so than anything else. We saw goals galore up both ends. Both teams had chances. We know inaccuracy was a huge factor in the game. Uh, What do you sort of make of the match as a whole and um, I guess how it finished? Yeah, well, dramatic finish, um, but... Yeah, you're right. All the scoring um, tended to be in the sort of last probably eight minutes of each term, um, maybe with the exception of one. But um, yeah, it just it was a weird one because it was pretty free flowing throughout. So both teams were able to transition pretty quickly, get end to end, and, and move the ball really well. But then um, it was just that sort of last kick uh, for both sides, um, and then trying to put it through the big sticks as well, which, um, I mean, particularly on the countryside with 10-13, they, they struggled a bit there with a couple of players we'll touch on. But, um, yeah, in the end, as you said, came to life in the last quarter. We saw nine goals kicked, um, and it, it went right down to the wire as well, which is really exciting and um, probably just a, a fitting end overall to the National Carnival. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we'll speak about him a bit more after, but uh, Will Ashcroft, Lark medalist, uh, another 31 disposals. Uh, I mean... What more can you say? 
<laughs> I can probably leave it at that. Yeah. Um, no, but look, superstar. Um, lifts when his teams need it. Um, he did so for Sandringham in the first half of the Nabilee Grand Final and throughout the season. He was obviously a star. And um, yeah, for Metro, just, just got the job done. And 31 touches a game high. It's probably unsurprising at this point and definitely um, a deserving uh, recipient of the Lark Medal. Yeah, I uh, have to agree with that. And I mean, there were quite a few of others uh, that sort of popped up. Obviously, Sardis, as you said, first time in this carnival playing mm. for, for Metro and he had 29 disposal and debut. Matt Jefferson kicked a couple, not quite the seven goals that he uh, kicked out at Icon that time, but um, still was handy up forward. Um, Josh Weddle um, took on Aaron Cadman. Uh, Cadman still had an influence, obviously. Uh bit inaccurate but um he was still quite good lewis hayes had the nine marks as well in defense so there's quite a few there that um not just the stars some of the other ones that are really key roles yeah for the metro perspective i mean jefferson probably was better than just those two goals suggest um his mobility inside 50 um ability to get involved even when he wasn't marking was pretty impressive so usually that's obviously his one wood clunky on mark kicking a goal and um, even if he missed a couple, he, um, he was still active and involved. And obviously Sardis, a bit like Ashcroft, just wins tons of it. So um, he did it again, 29 touches, really impressive. Um, and then, as you mentioned, those two defenders. So Weddle playing probably a little bit above his, his size. Um, on Cadman, kept him... Well, I mean, Cadman still did a great job, but, you know, Weddle kept him relatively contained. And Lewis Hayes with nine marks... Um, yeah, just keeps doing the job as well. So they're two of the sort of taller defenders that'll um, maybe creep into that top 30. And there are a couple of uh, pretty famous names, I guess, in many ways, uh, boosting their stocks. Yeah, so Alwyn Davey and Cooper Harvey, obviously father-son prospects. Alwyn Davey Jr. with Essendon. Um, yeah, just really built into the game nicely and um, came in off a wing into midfield and, and started to impact um, sort of in that second half. And Cooper Harvey as well had a, a really good second half and obviously kicked the ceiling goal, um, rose in, in the pack from an Ashcroft kick and, um, yeah, from, what, 10 metres out, top of the goal square, put it through. So um, I think Davies long been regarded as sort of a top 20 prospect. Cooper Harvey might be pushing that sort of 40 range, um, but obviously with the um, the bidding system, that might lower their value come draft time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just on country now, uh, obviously Aaron Cadman and, and Bailey Humphrey uh, sort of kicked a combined 4-6 for the game. So uh, Bailey Humphrey was one. We know we ended the podcast last week with a, a real nice touch. Glowing yeah. <laughs> praise. Yeah, yeah, a few dedicated minutes, I think, we came <laughs> off after that. Um, looked really dangerous early days. Like that 1-3, yeah. I think, all came in that first half, basically. He, he really got on top. Uh, inside 50, it was just that finishing touch, which we've come to sort of know with him. Mm. Um, when he's up and about, he's so dangerous. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, he could, could have very easily had four at half time. Yeah, and he was pretty much playing out of the goal square like he was one out on a lot of occasions and one-on-one he's really hard to beat I think Jacob Anderson to his credit did a pretty good job Um, a lot of the delivery to Humphrey though wasn't that great so um, whenever the ball didn't get to him Anderson could intercept Um, and and yeah did a great job there but um, I mean he really should have done a better job finishing and and if he had um, country probably would have won so um, that is something that we all know he needs to improve, and, and he'd probably know that as well. So, um, yeah, it's not like a new thing that's popped up, but the fact that he's still involved in the game and, um, I guess, such a game-breaker, even when he's not at his full best, um, yeah, he's um, telling of a first-round talent. 
Yeah, and Aaron Cabman, uh, we've touched on him a few times, obviously, Rookie Me Central medal winner. Mm. Um, also won the NAB League goal kicking too. Um, so yep. not a bad season for him. Another three goals. Look, at the end of the day, six scoring shots, three goals. Very, very handy player. And in my opinion, uh, I know we'll touch on Jai Clark in a moment, but in my opinion, probably was the next best for country at, across the series. Yeah, he'd be just about there. Um, pretty even sort of team. They, I, they I don't know who else found. you're going to say, but yeah. No, well, I, I tend to agree. Um, he'd, he'd be one of um, one of the candidates there. Um, but yeah, Aaron was, yeah, he, he was great. I mean, we say... Well, I said that he was well contained in a sense by Josh Weddle, but he still get off the chain for six scoring shots and three goals. Um, you know, it, it's again that conversion factor. We, we keep saying it, but same with Humphrey. If he had kicked his, you know, six straight, then be maybe a different story and maybe country would have lifted the cup. So um, that's obviously something that he can improve on. Um, all these prospects aren't perfect, but um, still, yeah, like Humphrey, just had such a, a big impact on the game. Um, out of the forward 50. And if we're looking at some of the other country prospects, obviously Harvey Gallagher coming in for his debut, he, he's been rewarded off the back of an outstanding season, really, yeah. for Bendigo, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. His back end of the year was phenomenal. Um, and, you know, he plugged straight into that um, small running defender role for Vic Country and, um, yeah, topped their disposal charts with 23 touches. So we knew... Um, we knew he was capable, and, and as an overager, one of the rare ones, I guess, um, across both of the Victorian sides. Um, yeah, he, he showed his, his class, and um, yeah, I thought he was really good in the early goings before sort of fading out a, a touch. But just his run, his work rate, and, and that kicking um, are really good assets for him. And if, if that form had been maybe the first half of the season, mm. he could well have been on an AFL list through the mid-season draft based on that form. Yeah, absolutely. I think he would have been an absolute lock. I mean, a, a few people probably thought he was unlucky even as a mid-forward um, to not get drafted last year. But, um, yeah, credit to him. He's come back, adjusted his role, um, and led Bendigo to some really good results this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another sort of leader, I guess, out there on the field in Ollie Hollands, 23 disposals. Um, yeah, he, he was quite influential through the midfield. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they've got a pretty strong core of midfielders country. So, you know, along with Jai Clark, who had less of the ball, um, but started really well and ended well. Um, yeah, he was fantastic. I, I thought... Again, he's one who's just got that running capacity. So um, the way he works so hard and is able to get um, inside and outside ball is pretty impressive. So, yeah, 23 touches, an equal high with Gallagher there. Pretty, um, yeah, pretty good for his stocks too. Yeah. Uh, and just quickly before we touch on the other player, Jacob Constanti kicked 1-3, uh, so a bit of, uh, bit of the same as the, as the others, but, you know, lively. Uh, has his moments. Yeah, absolutely busted a gut, um, really, to um, to get a, a lot of the possessions he did and, and does everything at 100%. So, um, yeah, really enjoyed his game up forward. Yeah, uh, and if we take a look at now the next mo- player who we're very excited about for yeah. next year, it's, it's no real surprise, but Harley Reid, that last quarter, he almost took the game away from Metro. Yeah, well, it goes to show, like, the kid's a natural mid-forward, um, spends a lot of time kicking goals up forward and, um, you know, chuck him inside, attacking 50 to win you a game. He almost did so. So two goals, took a couple of big contested marks in the square and um, he's the sort of kid that just loves the occasion. And I'm going to throw it out there now. A lot of people have said the same thing, but we do our 23 for 2023 and so on sort of article. Um come the end of the the current draft and he's easily going to be number one for me so yeah no no surprise but i know what you're going to say yeah. but um yeah 
everyone can look forward to that article, but he's going to be the first one on it. Yeah, yeah fair enough. No, uh, I, I don't know if you knew what I was going to say, but uh, anyway, we'll move on um, from that. Neck on the line sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Precisely, I, he was going to be in the 23 is what I was going to say. Yeah. Yes. Um, we're going to move on now uh, by... F- I guess finishing off with the last player for Vic Country, uh, the best one of the series, Jai Clark, Geelong Falcons. Look, he's he's just a jet, really. He's just so consistent. He's the player that teammates love to be around, and I think it's almost fitting that he's coming into the league as today of recording Joel Selwood retiring because yeah. there's so many traits like outside of the actual football ability that you can attribute to him, mm-hmm. and I feel like they're very similar players from that leadership and, and just um, drive and willingness perspective. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even on-field, like, mm. um, there's plenty spoken about Joel Selwood and ducking, whatever. You know, be what it is. Um, Jai Clark plays similarly. He drives low. He's hard at the ball. Um, you probably get a few head cuts throughout his career. Um, tough as nails. And, and as you say, the sort of, um, I guess, the stuff that you can't measure, you know, um, like that leadership, um, his character... He was captain of Vic Country. I think he shared it with um, Aaron Cadman on the last day or last game. Um, but yeah, like just an incredible leader. Always sticks up for his mates, and um, you know, he's always the one that was first in a skirmish. Um, you know, <laughs> dragging opposition off his teammates and, and whatnot. So um, can't really speak highly enough about him. I, I think he's an incredible player. Um, I can't wait to see him study stuff. Uh, on the big leagues, at least, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that was obviously Jai Clark, who was their MVP. Yep. Uh, and now uh, we're going to take a look at uh, Will Ashcroft, who won the Lark medal. I know we said we weren't going to say any more about him, but, uh, I mean, I guess we've got to. He keeps Fine. winning medals. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, nah, but what, what a star. Like, we know, um, realistically, pick one if it was an open draft. Mm. Uh, right now... We know he's going to go to Brisbane. He's already doing the old, um, you know, going to be in Brisbane type thing. So he knows they're yep. going to match. Everyone knows they're going to match. So there's no secret there. The question is, do North bid with pick one? I think that'd be considerably silly not to. Um, like, yeah, just do it, honestly. Like, I, I can't see any reason why they wouldn't. I think he is the best player in the draft. Um and there might have been a reluctancy last year with Nick Dacos, um, you know, whether clubs want to buddy up and whatnot. Um, even GWS passed on him on, on bidding. So, um, yeah, I just think it'd be stupid not to, to be honest. Um, yeah, that, that's about it. Yep, <laughs> Pretty simple enough. answer. Yeah, He's a star. No, nah, fair enough. And we have spoken a fair bit about him. So, um, yeah, no shortage of content and there won't be uh, over the next couple of months. Wait till you see the draft guide. Yeah. Nah. Well, well, his profile's already out there. For anyone who wants to, uh, you know, go go have a squiz at his profile, Michael's uh, written a very nice long one uh, because apparently he's had a pretty good year. Um, Moving on from the two Victorians, we'll move on to South Australia's MVP, Adam DeLoya. Um, I guess similar type role to Jai Clark, that inside body, consistent, um, probably doesn't get the plaudits a lot of others do, and and obviously there's reasons for that. But, um, yeah, just had a really consistent carnival, and I I don't think we saw anyone else getting it when he was awarded it. Yeah, I mean, it just gets the job done. Uh, I think he's he's one that the coaching staff in South Australia just really value um, for that. So 
leads by example. Um, obviously, he's played at senior levels in the, in the Sample Reserves and um, just wins the ball at will. So his numbers are always going to look good as well. Um, and, and just his tough contested work. He's sort of a, a tone setter for every team he gets in. And um, yeah, that was no different when he donned the tricolours of South Australia and really good performances from him across all of his games. So yeah, as you said, a, a deserving winner and probably no one really pushing him too hard. Um, if Mateus Phillip, who didn't have his knocks through the carnival, maybe him. But um, yeah, I think Deloyo was um, was the one. And if we're looking uh, across to Western Australia, Ruben Ginby was one who, well, at the start of the carnival, I don't think anyone would have picked him, but mm. he had a remarkable carnival, um, went ahead of others that were perhaps rated higher than him coming in. Um, we know Elijah Hewitt was in there, Jed Buzzlinger, um, obviously, unfortunately, finished uh, with an injury. Um, but he just was consistent again and, and got yeah. the job done. Absolutely. A, a bit like Deloya was just sort of their number one, really, um, and throughout each game stepped up. So um, he's another one who he's played at Waffle League level for East Perth and, um, you know, just has the, the sort of physical maturity to dominate against his peers, um, at least in this age group. And, yeah, definitely did so. So his power just his clean hands that contested work again a bit in a similar vein to Deloya was really strong so um another deserving winner and you know ahead of some pretty classy players you know like Hewitt um you know, I know Buzzlinger didn't play every game um Darcy Jones um, I think he missed out on one in that massive COVID group so um yeah Ginby was the one and um yeah very deserving winner again and uh obviously he's sort of shot up a bit up the order mm-hmm. um where, where do you sort of see him going at this stage yeah we'll wait and see for the power rankings mate all right no worries it's just in the run sheet to ask <laughs> you about it so he's keeping tight-lipped uh right oh uh, moving on to the allies to wrap it up harry mm. rouston uh obviously got some games with calder towards the end of the year um giants academy member really mm. again consistent midfielder we're seeing a theme here um yep. midfielders award um <laughs> maybe but yeah no definitely he he's another one who just had a really consistent all-round year and didn't really do anything wrong at the carnival. He, he's just one of those players that just ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah, he's solid as. I mean, we saw it up close again once he hit the nubbly with Calder. Um, yeah, just their standout best player um, in that Calder side pretty easily. Um, and for the Allies, was just consistent. Um, won the ball easily in midfield, was one of their prime movers there and was able to push forward, just has a, an enormous running um capacity or probably work rate it might be the better phrase but um yeah his ability to take those overhead marks kick goals he did a bit of everything for the allies so um yeah again probably one who just based on being consistent throughout the games was undeniable yeah uh no absolutely so they're all pretty consistent across the board makes sense why they won the uh mvps really mm. um so basically, that's uh, our championships done and dusted for another year. We're going to move on to now the Under-17s yes. Futures game, which was the curtain raiser on AFL Grand Final Day. Um, exciting. Obviously, mm. they're without Harley Reid, who uh, decided to destroy the group above him the couple yeah. of days earlier, and, and Nick Watson as well, of course, uh, the player who... Probably early in the year, many saw his potential number one pick uh, for next year. So a couple of really big gun players, really. Um, but in the match, Team Hooley won 10-8-68, defeating Team Murphy 4-16-40. Uh, uh, obviously, it was uh, 
bit of an inaccurate display there from Murphy. I think we were all sort of uh, scratching our heads and thinking what could have been if they'd sort of kicked a bit straighter. But what did you make of the game? Yeah, entertaining. I mean, what we want out of these games is just for it to be a talent showcase, um, and that's what it was. Um, a bit like the the country metro under 18s, they they moved the ball pretty quickly, and um, you know, yeah, there might have been a few mistakes and some nerves and and whatnot, and a few big players missing. Um, you know, on, on top of obviously Reed and Watson, there are, I think a trio of Peel Thunder players who opted to play in the Colts um, finals. So good on them, but. Um, yeah, I mean, we still got to see a, a lot of high-end talent um, and a few other kids get their opportunities with late call-ups and, um, yeah, a lot of impressive players across the board. Yeah, it's an exciting group of players. Uh, maybe perhaps aside from the goal-kicking, it was pretty classy around the ground. Like pe- People were um, a bit of bruise-free footy, but it was good. Um, being able to see players hit up targets pretty easily and, and move the ball really quickly, so that was really impressive. Uh, Daniel Curtin, mm. uh, Claremont. Defender over there, 22 touches, 8 marks, best on ground. Yeah, easily. I mean, he, he was fantastic, um, especially in the first half, just his intercept marking, reading of the play, his just composure with the ball. Um, yeah, he, he does a bit of everything. So we didn't get to see him play forward in this game, but we know he's done that, um, obviously, at least for Claremont, um, a little bit in the Waffle Colt season um, and, and then school fo- or college footy as well. So um, he's a super talent, and, and we sort of had earmarked him even last year when he was playing um, playing up in the under-17s carnival for, for Western Australia, um, just looked every bit of star. So, um, yeah, it's good to see him come on and find a bit of consistency and, um, yeah, produce a big performance on the big stage. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was, he was very, very impressive uh, in that defensive lineup. Uh, if we're quickly looking over a few other names, a couple of South Australians, Jack Deline and mm. Lucas Slade, as well as Tasmanian Colby McKercher. Give us a bit of a rundown into how they went on the big day. Yeah, so Jack Deline is just that really clever small forward. I think he's he's one who embodies that, um, I guess, the excitement around a lot of the prospects in this draft pool. So um, just such a, a natural goal kicker. Um, he smarts to kick three goals. You know, he can kick on both feet, um, makes a, opponents look silly at times. So... He's um yeah he's a pretty exciting one. Colby McKercher, um yeah prime mover for Tasmania this season in midfield and and used a bit of the same sort of zip and class with ball in hand to to win a fair bit of the ball and Lucas Slade as well. Um I mean he's he's going to be really really key to South Australia's uh, team next year. Um yeah impressive kid can can do a bit of everything can play on each line and um yeah I thought he was pretty good for Team Hawley as well. Yeah. Uh, and some of the other players that sort of stood out, um, obviously for Team Murphy, Caden Cleary had 30-plus um, touches, so it was sort of the big ball winner on the day. But Ben Ridgway, Will Lorenz, Riley Sanders, Jake Rogers all got plenty of it. So mm. um, any sort of mentions from them uh, you want to point out particularly? Yeah, I think like Cleary and Ridgway, even Sanders, were just those consistent um, on ballers who, who won a lot of it. So, yeah, as you said, Cleary 31 touches, um, just racked it up. Um, he and Ridgeway probably weren't the most prolific ball users in, in an efficiency sense. They still did pretty well. But um, you look at a guy like Will Lorenz, his agility um, and smarts inside attacking 50 were amazing. He had a phenomenal first half. Um, Riley Sanders, his touch by hand was, was really, really good around the stoppages. Um, uh, probably wasn't as expansive as, as others like a Jake Rogers, um, who was just really energetic around the ball. And um, his smarts a pretty high end, I think. So I think the Gold Coast Suns are, are going to have a pretty good one there. I just want to um, 
give a shout out to Zane Dersmer as well. The delivery to him probably wasn't that great, but um, he kicked a couple of goals, looked really good with his clean hands and um, just ability to get off the leash up forward. So, um, yeah, a few good players there. Yeah, no, I agree. It was a really impressive showcase. Uh, perfect conditions too, which was great yeah. to see. Um, so was the game under the roof at Marvel. Uh, yeah. Surprise, surprise. Surprise. There was a bit of a draft in there, but <laughs> no. no. It's good. There will be later in the year. Um, anyway, <laughs> enough of those things. <laughs> Just click. That's great. Um, anyway, that's about all we have time for today. Uh, partic- <laughs> particularly the uh, dad jokes there. Uh yeah, that's it for the Final Siren podcast. So, Michael, thanks for joining me again today. Thanks for having me. Um, it's good that we got this show on the road and hopefully it ends up okay too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you've got any suggestions from what you'd like to hear from us going forward, make sure you let us know, obviously, via our socials at Rookie Me Central, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe us and hit the, that bell icon to stay tuned for more on YouTube. Uh, I've been your host, Peter Williams. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you'll join us again next time.